Amen. If you have your Bibles, will you take and turn with me to John chapter number 1 as we continue verse by verse through the Gospel of John. It's interesting when you look at the Gospels, when you look at all four of them, Matthew and Luke uh, begin with the announcement and the birth of Jesus Christ. You come to Mark and you come to John and they begin. John begins with, of course, a... um, just an announcement of the deity of Christ himself and then he moves right into John the Baptist so you have Mark and John writing um, considerably in the first opening uh, chapters about John so is John important he is John the Baptist was he important sure he was matter of fact I've often wondered what it would have been like probably to have been in the shoes of John the Baptist and uh, when God made the announcement to Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, that they would have a child, and let me say this, and one of the things we're going to look at, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but not only was the birth of Jesus Christ miraculous, but so was the birth of John the Baptist. Because Elizabeth had gone past the years of childbearing, and they had prayed and asked for a child, and all of a sudden, while Zacharias was doing temple service the angel appeared to him and said Zacharias said your request is going to be fulfilled to you matter of fact you're going to have a child and that of course was going to be John the Baptist none other so as we consider and think about this this morning as we come to verse 6 of John chapter number 1 John moves from the deity of Christ to the responses of the people to his message Now, he starts that way as he heralded John the Baptist in his coming, but he's going to deal primarily with their responses as he introduces John the Baptist. And there are only two responses. There are only two responses that you're going to see in this passage of Scripture, and here's what they are. Number one is either belief or unbelief. And when you read and you consider this, one of the things that I want you to understand, there is no neutral position. You will not see a neutral position here to which you can choose. It is either belief or unbelief. It is one of those two. So as we come to verse 6 through verse 13, I want you to notice as John relates to us, he says, And there came a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. And there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And you ought to underline the next phrase, and the world did not know him. He came to his own. And you often hear this passage of Scripture quoted. He came into his own and his own received him not. Verse 11, he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood 
not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of who? But of God. In verse 6 through verse 13, John moves to describe the one who came to prepare the way, imagine being John, so that people might believe in the light. As a matter of fact, in the opening verses, verse 1 through verse 5, we see where that light is given by John in the opening verses, as you see in verse 4 and verse 5, as you back up and look at those two, in him was life, and the life was the light of them. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So as you come down to verse 6 through verse 13, you see that light mentioned once again. And the sad commentary again in verse number 10 is, The world did not know him. And verse 11, he came into his own, and his own did not receive him. John the Baptist. I mean, what an individual. Imagine the message that John was tasked to bring. It was a message that had never been heard before. It was new on the scene. John the Baptist came onto the scene, and it's interesting. He came onto the scene of created history, onto the stage of created history. Sent from God when you look at verse number 6. And that's an that's a interesting phrase, sent from God, because it confirms John's role in several ways. For them to understand and realize that this one that was now present this one who was preaching this message of baptism for repentance this new message that they were hearing ring out which was different from what the pharisees themselves were teaching and now all of a sudden this difference who was this man called john the baptist how would john the baptist ministry be affirmed now and how would it occur well i believe there are four things that we can draw from this passage to help us understand this first of all john the baptist fulfills old testament prophecies so john's coming was not something new this was not an afterthought with god matter of fact when you look at genesis all the way through the book of the revelation all the way through god had prepared a way for man to reestablish and to put back into place that relationship that had been broken as a result of genesis chapter number three so all the way throughout scripture we see a place where God has made a way possible for man to have a relationship with him. This is, a, this is not any different. John the Baptist is going to once again bring to light this way to prepare the way of the one, Jesus Christ, the light. So it fulfills Old Testament prophecies. Well, what do you mean? Well, take your Bibles. I hope you have them with you this morning because we're going to spend a lot of time in one place here Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 3. Prophesied by Isaiah the prophet. This one coming, John the Baptist, as a forerunner to make the way, to clear the way for this one Jesus Christ verse number 3 John or Isaiah Isaiah chapter 40 verse number 3 Notice what it says your page is still turning so I'll give you just a moment Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 Here we go a voice is calling clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness 
Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. That is a prophetic reference to John the Baptist by Isaiah the prophet. Well, if that's not enough, let's keep going. Let's go to Malachi. Turn to Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter number 3. In verse number 1. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 1. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Notice what it says. Behold, I'm going to send my messenger... And he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. I'm going to send my messenger. The way was prepared by John the Baptist. John the Baptist is going to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, the very light of the world. Well... The Gospels affirm this as well. So if you go to Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter number 3, starting in verse number 1, an affirmation by Matthew as he records for us, John the Baptist, here it is, beginning in verse 1. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Matthew affirms for us that Isaiah the prophet had spoken this Years before John the Baptist ever shows up. So he is this man that is sent from God. Turn to Mark chapter 1. Next gospel over, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse... Beginning in verse number 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it is, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Also Malachi, okay, if you notice that. But now comes Isaiah. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So we see an affirmation here even by the gospel writer Mark, as to the affirmation of John the Baptist and who he was prophesied by Isaiah and Malachi before he ever came, that this message was going to come. So we see that his being sent from God is confirmed through the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. Number two, and I made reference to this a little bit earlier, but his birth, John's birth, was miraculous as well. Say, well, how do you know that? Well, let's go to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter number 1. Now, let me tell you one of the things I love about this. You know, I, the critics. You know, everybody, everybody's got critics. 
we're no different, okay? There are many critics out there today that state that this book is full of errors, that this book cannot be trusted. You know what's amazing to me? This book that you hold in your hands, over 40 different authors, over a period of 16 to 1,700 years, the very coming of John the Baptist affirmed affirmed by the gospel writers of what was prophesied by Isaiah and Malachi before it ever occurred hundreds of years earlier. Now, I hate to tell you this, but Matthew and Mark, okay, were not present when Isaiah penned the words, nor Malachi when they penned the words of their Old Testament book. So what does it say about this word that we have in our hands there is a clear thread that runs all the way through from Genesis to the book of the Revelation, and it is Jesus Christ himself. Affirmed by the prophets, affirmed by the coming of John the Baptist, who was going to herald the way for this one, for the light that was going to come. And so as we think about this, and we look at Luke chapter number 7, was, Zach, was uh, John the Baptist's life, was it, was it miraculous? It was. Take a look at chapter 1, and... Let's begin in verse number 7, okay? We have the birth of John the Baptist is foretold. So in verse 7, But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. In other words, they were past childbearing age, okay? It's where they were. Verse 8, Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division according to the custom of the priestly office he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering and an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing in, to the right of the altar of incense Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him I would imagine okay especially in what Zacharias was at the time was doing verse 13 but the angel said to him don't be afraid Zacharias for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. In verse 17, it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, if that's not enough, look at verse 36. They're going to have a child. Could you imagine the talk of the town? Huh? Imagine something like that happening today. How many of y'all would like an angel of the Lord to come to you and say, or to announce to you, you're going to have a child? Verse 36. We're going to go any further, okay? Let's go back. 
Verse 36, And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Verse 37, For nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Hey, Mary, even Elizabeth, your relative, is six months now with a child. And guess who that child was? The forerunner of the very child that Mary would bring to birth. Whew. I don't know about you. But let me say something to you. Only God could orchestrate something like that that's why the verse for with God nothing is what impossible because it's under the directing hand of God himself so John's birth was miraculous number three an angel of the Lord announced the giving of a child to Zacharias and Elizabeth and we saw that an angel of the Lord made the announcement who made the announcement to Mary angel of the Lord guess who made the announcement to Elizabeth an angel of the Lord a man sent from God we see that confirmed even through the angel that came and spoke to Elizabeth as to well as to Mary and then number four his actual birth John's birth <laughs> let's go there let's go to Luke keep Stay there where you are in Luke, and let's go to verse 57. All right? Let's go to verse 57. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father but the mother answered and said no indeed but he shall be called John guess why the angel already told that when you look back over at verse 13 so the angel said to him don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. Can't be Zacharias. Can't name him after his dad. Can't name him after a relative or a great uncle or somebody like that. You're going to call him John. So verse 61, and they said to her, and okay, let me tell you something. This is totally out of the, okay. Let me tell you what you did. During this day, you always name them after another within the family. And guess what they say? Wait a minute, Elizabeth. There's no one in your family named that. So why are you going to call him John? Verse 62, and they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. So basically, they're looking at Zechariah and said, well, what, what are you going to say? And he asked for a tablet. Keep in mind, he couldn't speak, okay? So he asked for a tablet, and he wrote as follows. His name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once, at once. 
His mouth is open. And now Zacharias can speak. And he began to speak in what? In praise of God. Fear came on all of those living around them, and all of these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in their minds, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? We know they didn't. What in the world is going on? What in the world is God doing at this point? As you come to the Gospels, there's been a period of 400 silent years that they didn't hear from God. And now all of a sudden, on walks the scene of a man named John, born a miraculous birth to both Zacharias and Elizabeth to prepare the way for the light. Only God could have done this. Only God could have done this. So what was John's purpose for coming? Why did he come? Let's go back to John chapter number 1. And we find the reason that he came. So why did he come? Verse 6, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. So we've seen that and saw all the confirmation for that. Verse number 7, you ought to underline the first phrase of verse number 7. He came as a what? As a witness. So you want to know why he came? He came as a witness. A witness of what? To testify about the light. So that all might believe through him. In other words, he came to testify at the of the light so that they would have an opportunity to respond to the light. But we know how their response was. So 400 silent years are broken as John now brings this message. A message of what? Preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Could you imagine being baptized? Huh? You got to go down in the Jordan? You know, the Jordan isn't, okay. I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with the River Jordan, okay? Uh, it's not always the cleanest place, okay? It's not always the nicest place to get baptized for sure. I don't know how many of you have been there. I've been there, okay? Uh, I've seen it, okay? So John comes preaching this baptism of repentance. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 3. And we'll find this as we take the gospel writers and we begin to, to kind of get a full idea of what's taking place. Matthew chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Then Jerusalem was going out to him and all Judea and all the district around. In other words, and let me tell you something. I've heard people say, well, boy, they were coming because they were believing what John was saying and, and they just couldn't wait to be the first ones. No, they were coming to see what in the world was going on. Unlike anything that they'd ever seen before. And oh, by the way, remember who John the Baptist, what he looked like? Dressed in camel hair, the scripture says. Stayed in the wilderness. Preaching this message of repentance. Verse 6, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River. As they confessed their what? As they confessed their sins. 
And then there were the Jewish leaders. Oh, my. The Pharisees. Well, guess what? They came to see. Look at verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, he said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. You better hold on to that message, okay? Because there's something yet that's coming. Gave him the ability to become the sons of God. And just hold on. Just hold on with that thought. Just kind of let that kind of sit out there for a little bit. You see, the Jewish leaders in Herod himself were perplexed about this one called John the Baptist. Who is this guy? Who is this one that has come? Who is this one that has come to testify, to announce the coming of this one called Jesus Christ? Are you ready for this? Things have not changed today. It holds true today. Let me tell you something. People stand perplexed at Jesus Christ himself. They stand perplexed that the only way to the Father is through this one called Jesus Christ. They're perplexed at the truth that the Scripture contains. There's got to be another way. He can't, surely cannot be the only way. Surely there's got to be another avenue. Basically, what they say is, there's got to be some way that I can achieve what is necessary on my own. You can't. That's why in John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. That's why John spoke of the light in verse 4, verse 5, and again down through verse 6 through verse 13. We see this light, this light that is going to come into a dark world. Did not comprehend the light. So what happens? We come to verse 9 of John chapter number 1. There was the true light which coming into the world. My dear friend, there's only one way you can be enlightened and that's by Jesus himself. It's the only way. I know, I hear these people talk all this time. Well, you know, I'm, I'm in... I'm into this thing called enlightenment. Who you be enlightened by? If it's anyone other than Jesus Christ, you got the wrong light. That's all I can tell you. And I'll say this to you. You don't have the bright light that has the power to dispel darkness. The light that John came to talk about and here in verse 9, it's interesting because John returns to a consideration of the word logos that you see in verse number 1. And in contrast to the function of John the Baptist, the word logos is the true light. He brings the two of those together. 
as we see in verse number 9. And you wish sometimes that it would kind of end there, but you go to verse number 10 and you see the tragedy of the human situation. He was in the world. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Didn't know him. There's no relationship there. And that's interesting, that word know there. It talks about a personal relationship. It's an intimate relationship personally. Not through a, not through a, uh, a, simply a head knowledge, but through a relationship So John, as he speaks to this in verse 18, the sad commentary of verse 10 is, and the world did not know him. Not much different than we find ourselves today. Not much has changed. You see, the people of the world did not know their creator when the word logos was even among them. I mean, he walked among them. I hear people say this all the time. Well, I can say this to you today. If Jesus Christ were to walk into this place, you wouldn't have to worry about me believing in who he was. Really? He came, born a miraculous birth, had his earthly ministry. They saw him. They saw the signs that were performed by him. And what was the reason and the purpose behind the signs? So that they might believe in Jesus Christ and who he was and find eternal life. And how many did? And how many didn't? Then we come to verse number 11 and the commentary just gets even more sad. Not only did the world not know him, but look at verse number 11. He came to his own, his own covenant people. He came to his own. And if anyone should have known, it should have been them. Why? They had the prophets. They had the priest. They had the Torah. We had the writings of the prophets. But he came to his own and his own received him not. Rejected. Not much different today. Not merely as a matter of not knowing that you see in verse number 10. But are you ready for this? But it was a conscious decision to reject him. Not a not knowing. But they made a conscious decision to reject him. Let me tell you where my heart breaks today is those who make a conscious decision to reject the very grace of God himself. However, I can say this. And I'm thankful, as Paul Harvey says, now for the rest of the story. It was not hopeless because some people did receive him look at verse 12 and verse 13 but as many as received him tells us what there were some who did 
But as many as received him, to them he gave the right. Do you see that? Gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. That word believe in verse number 12 is an interesting word because it is more than just believing that he walked and that he lived and that he spoke and all of those things. The word there for believe in verse number 12 is pastuo. And let me tell you what it does. It speaks to faith. It wasn't simply a head knowledge of who he was, but it was based on a faith knowledge in who he was. And then verse 13, because here's what we're told. They were not born of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. But now watch this. But of who? But of God. And let me say this this morning. New birth. Please listen to me. New birth. Are you ready for this? It's called adoption. I have the privilege this morning to be a child of his. How? I've been adopted into the family. That adoption brings with it all that Jesus Christ has, I have, as a result of that relationship. Jesus Christ himself, and only because of Jesus Christ, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter number 8, to be an heir, a joint heir with Christ. But don't miss out on this important part as well. For those who suffer with him. Let me tell you what that speaks of. That speaks of relationship there. So let me close this morning with this thought. The new birth is, as we read the very passage that John writes for us here, the new birth is, finally, nothing other than an act of God. That's what it is. Why? Because there's absolutely nothing you can do to bring yourself to the place that you can appease the wrath of God. There's only one who can do that. And he is the light. The very one that John came to prepare the way for. You and I today, you and I today, the way has been prepared for us. The light is the answer. Let's pray.